for joining us on the fourth episode of the Launcher Farm Show, where I interview Michael Samra from Remax in Vaughan, Ontario. In today's episode, Michael and I talk about something that terrifies a lot of agents, and that's cold calling. We talk about how Michael uses cold calling in conjunction with his farm and how he's built a really solid long-term business. In this episode, Michael and I talk about how having the right mindset can be all the difference between success and failure. How to know when someone's motivated over the phone. Michael shares how he's evolved his business on the phone and some strategies that you can use as well. We also talk about why it's critical to understand your audience and how to provide value to your farm. He also shares a super easy script that increases the chances of you getting their contact information. We also talk about how to build a business that you control and that doesn't control your life, plus a ton of other great insights. So be sure to check out this episode, listen to it, and let us know what you think. And when you're done, make sure to like and subscribe. So enjoy the episode with Michael. All right. Thanks for joining us on Launcher Farm. We've got a great guest. It's Michael Samra from Remax in Toronto, but more specifically Rexdale area. So Mike, why don't you take a second, tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us a bit about your business. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Uh, Mike Samra. Yeah. I, uh, funny enough, I work in the Rexdale area, but I work all over the GTA. My office is located in Vaughan. I've got another office in, uh, in Rexdale is where I farm. I farm the area because I actually grew up in it. So my parents still live here. I farm it exclusively. Um, and like I mentioned to you before, I'm primarily a cold caller. So I call the area. Um, I, you know, forge those relationships over the phone. Um, and um, that's pretty much how I've been doing most of my business for the last almost 10 years. Awesome. And yeah, I want to have you on because I think one of those things, one of those myths that people think is that cold calling is dead. It doesn't work. And especially in farming, it's not going to work. So I really want to dive into kind of what you're doing, how you do it with your business and, and how you stay on top of it and what that looks like in your farm. So can you take us a bit back, go back to when you started in real estate and then how you kind of shifted into farming, what that looked like for you? Perfect. Yeah. So I started in real estate. Uh, I didn't have a big network of people to call. I don't have any, hardly any family here. So for me, um, you know, I was, uh, when I, I, I was a plumber before this, I decided to get into real estate. My wife we were pregnant with our first. I literally quit my job to start taking the courses and like dived in. So I had nothing to really go on. I didn't have any contacts. So what I would start it off doing was going through Kijiji and Craigslist. I would literally call up for sale by owners. I would email. I, I remember every night I would get booted out of Kijiji for <laughs> sending the maximum amount of emails out. Yeah. Um, and I would just send them over and over and over again, calling people. And I still have some recordings, you know, calling Fizbo's on the line with them 45 minutes, stuff like that. I'd landed a few. I started to get kind of good at it. Um, and then for whatever reason, you know, when you first start in real estate, there's a lot of coaching and stuff like that. And the one thing that kind of irked me was uh, I remember Ferry telling me, Mike Ferry saying, you need to have a farm area at his conferences and stuff like that. Have a farm area, have a farm area. It's like, I don't want to limit myself. I really don't want to limit myself. Um, over the years, you realize it's not necessarily limiting yourself. You're becoming the expert for the area, whichever area you choose. Um, so I started to focus on that. I started to focus on this area. I would call it, uh, I'd flyer it consistently. Um, I would hold community events and, uh, you know, I've gained traction. I wouldn't say I'm the, the top person to go to here, but you know, pretty much I would say 90% of the people here know who have seen my signs, have seen my flyers. So uh, there's somewhat of uh, being recognized for this, which is, which is good, but uh, it's got to equate to bottom dollar at the end yeah. of the day. So. <laughs> exactly. so yeah, I want to go back into, you talked about starting a farm. People tell you to start a farm and a lot of agents hear that at the beginning of their career. They, they get go door knock, 
cold call, start a farm. And I find that's the number one uh, thing that people say they have an issue with is I don't want to pigeonhole myself and they don't want to narrow themselves. And in reality, like you said, is you become the expert. It doesn't mean that's the only source of business. So when you were starting in your area, what did the other activities look like outside of just focusing on that pocket? Or did you jump right in and just say, that's all you're doing when you started? No, it was a slow evolution. So I wouldn't say I, I was all in on farming this area. Okay. Um, it was a, 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 an evolution of realizing, okay, there's a, there's a market here. I can kind of keep on going, but yeah, you know, then, you know, then you, you, some friends and family decide that after a few years, they're, they're looking to sell the name, your name starts to get out there. You start to get, you know, now 10 years in the business, you're starting to get some repeat and referrals in that aspect. So, um, at the beginning it was, it was a slow recognition to, to slowly get into it. Um, working out my numbers. I remember we were just talking before we were recording about, you know, who has, who has the most amount of sales in the area? What, you know, what market share did they have? You know, how much can I get in this area and make sure you do your math properly. But, um, over time, yeah, my, my business now is almost 65% from my farm. Um, and everything else is from sphere and family and friends and, and referrals. Yeah which is a great number. And that I've talked about with agents all the time where they try to go, they'd rather have a hundred percent referral of friends and family and that's fine, but you still have to have a solid pipeline of business and you still have to have that business feeding it. And I find that 60, 40, 65, 35 split is a good where you get new business coming in and then that repeat referral can just keep is your cherry on the top kind of yeah. that extra business that just keeps coming it's in. So you're kind of your free deals that come in, right? Like I consider yeah. my, my farm areas, the areas that I've worked for yep. and the family and referrals are kind of like, no, they're not freebies, but yeah, those are, those are the easy ones that come through. Um, it's, I, I've always, uh, the analogy of, you know, a buckshot as opposed to a sniper. Yeah. So, you know, as an agent, when I first started, it's like, you're all over the map. Where do I put my energy? Where do I go? What, where can I, you know, get my energy, put my energy towards. And when you're all over the map, it's really hard to focus on something, yeah. you know, just cause you sold something in, you know, uh, downtown Toronto, you send out one flyer that equates to absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, but to laser focus on a certain area that you put your marketing aspect towards, um, again, you're a realtor, you, you focus on all of the, all of the area that you work in, not just your farm area. Yeah. And you have, you know, your, your, your job is to be as knowledgeable as possible in as many areas as possible. Um, and that's really, that's the, that's the approach that I ended up taking too, is that, you know, I'm going to be known as, as this area, as far as a listing agent uh, and listing all over the GTA, but you know, uh, people are going to come to me for my expertise in real estate. Yep. And I've said that many times is that I'd rather have five signs in one neighborhood than one side in five neighborhoods. And exactly. that, that layering really, makes a difference. And when people start seeing it over and over again, it just makes it that much easier. Even if you don't do more business, it just makes the job easier. So I'd rather, I'd rather do 10 deals in one neighborhood easily than 10 deals all over or 15 deals all over. That's a pain in the ass to do because exactly. you're trying to reteach people who you are and explain why you're the expert and why they should work with you. And when you build that farm, it takes care of half of the objections for you. I mean, how many times, you know, um, and I help a lot of new agents out, uh, but you know, when, when I was a new agent, you know, what, what happens when I don't have a listing in the area? What do I do? Well, you know, you talk to somebody from the office. Well, think about this. When I go into a listing now, I'm bringing a stack of flyers from everybody that I've sold. I sold your neighbors. I sold the guy yeah. across the street. I sold down the street. Like, so when you start looking at a listing presentation, how powerful that is for me yeah. to go in there, confidence to say, yeah, I know your street. I've sold seven on the street so far. Um, and I sold this house twice, twice over. So that becomes very powerful. And, and I think a lot of the times we have to get out of our own heads as agents yep. and we have to put ourselves into the actual, you know, your client's head. Well, what are they thinking? Right. And 
president's gold, all this platinum awards, that means <laughs> nothing to them. Yeah. But what really means is I have the confidence. I know the area inside out. I have the confidence to sell your house. That's where, that's where you win them over. Yeah. So I want to talk about then, you talked about getting that started. Or sorry, when I mean, you started the farm, you kind of had that idea. Were you as confident when you got started? What did it look like when you got started? And what kind of things did you try? And then how did you evolve into where you're at now? Well, as we all know, real estate is a roller coaster ride, especially when you're first starting. Um, the one thing I know as I'm gaining more experiences, I, I, I keep in between the two levels, right? So, you know, at the beginning, it was huge ups, big, huge downs. Uh, now you kind of stay in between the, those uh, parameters. Um, but starting off, um, what did it look like? Uh, there was many times I went to listing appointments and, and lost them. Um, the biggest thing I can say is just confidence. And even if you don't farm an area, it's just going in there with confidence. If you're able to go into a listing appointment or go in to meet somebody and you're confident in yourself and your ability, um, I think that's the biggest thing. So that's the one thing that I've learned. And what can I, what can I do to be confident is to get more listings in the area, to be more familiar with the area. By farming the area, by knowing the area, that's where my confidence comes into play. Um, um, and that's, that's, that's pretty much the most important thing that I've learned at that point. So when we talked before, you were talking about some different strategies you've tried. You've tried online leads. You've tried different stuff. What, like, how did you end up doing the cold calling and why that avenue? Because for a lot of people, it scares the crap out of them. They yeah. don't enjoy it. So like, how did that evolve into the cold calling? Or was that something you've always done? So yeah, I've always kind of picked up, I don't know how I really got involved in cold calling. I think it was probably the cheapest thing to do, <laughs> yeah. um, to be honest with you. Um, I got into, I, I use a, the Mojo dialer. That's what I used to dial. So I think early, early on, I was using a single dialer. I'm like, okay, I've got a list. This is getting crazy. I, I don't want to dial these. Is there a dialer? Researched it, found a few people. Um, one of my first one of my first coaches was a, a gentleman by the name of Derek Lipsky. Um, and he's on YouTube. He's, he's an agent out of Massachusetts. He's, he's notorious for expireds and fizzbos online. You can watch his videos. So I, I hired him when I was first starting off and, and he coached me for three, four months, which was huge. Um, he, he handed me my ass every time I was on the <laughs> phone with him, which was scary, but I learned a lot. So um, that in essence, was where I started to now gain some traction, being able to handle objections, being able to know what to say on the phone. Door knocking for me was inefficient. Um, I didn't want to go door to door. It took so much time. So I was able to hit a whole bunch of numbers through this. And then as you, as you start to, you know, roll through for new agents, rolling through um, real estate, you start to see different coaches and different methods. And all of them are telling you to prospect. Uh, it's just how to prospect. For me, I felt most comfortable that I was able to connect with people on the phone. Um, and I, that's where my sweet spot was. Um, I, it's funny. It's just, it just, it just evolved into the way it is. And, uh, you know, from early on, from the Kijiji lists to starting to call the neighborhood. And I didn't call just this farm area that I'm in. Now I started calling all different areas. Um, I've even called Texas, like out of state for people just to show them, listen, this is how easy it is. So yeah. It scares a lot of people. That's why I have that, you know, that, that Facebook group, Prospecting Ninjas, just to show people it's not as difficult as you think. And it's yeah. not as, you know, again, getting out of your head, just get on the phone, start having a conversation with people and you'd be surprised what people will open up to you about. And I think the analogy you use about the, the confidence with going to a listing appointment is the same thing when it comes to the actual prospecting itself. And yes. the more you do it, the more confident you're going to do. And if you call one person a day, you're going to be terrified. If you call a thousand people in one day, you're going to get over that a lot quicker and you're going to yep. make sure that you're 
you've got the confidence and you know what to say and it makes it that much easier. It's like skating. There's no way you're going to learn to skate by watching videos and do it. You <laughs> have to literally go on the ice, put on your skates yeah. and fall on your ass a whole shitload of times to actually learn to skate. And it's the same thing with cold calling. You're going to be scared shitless to do it. Yeah. You're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to sound stupid. You're, uh, uh, uh. you're going to do all that stuff, but it's through that that you gain the experience and learn what to say and how to say it. And on the phone, confidence is huge. It's, it's so important. Any hesitation in my voice, in someone's voice, any pause, if there's uncertainty, someone picks it up right away. And then that's, that's hugely important. That's why like I have two, two screens before when I was actually, I had three screens up. I would have, you know, my MLS listings. I'd have the area, I'd have my caller. Like I, my, my philosophy was I want to know more than the person on the phone. Yeah. So again, if I have all the knowledge and, and, and I know more than that person, then I'm the expert. As soon as the person on the other line starts to know more than me, I've lost all credibility. Yeah, it's totally And true. that's the one thing that I was always, always fanatical about is I wanna know more about that neighborhood, that area, that street, that house. And that's why again, with Mojo, I'm able to see the front of the house. So I'm, I'm cheating a little bit, but I can say, oh yeah, hey Ryan, yeah, I know you're in, you're in that uh, back split with the carport, right? You have the green, yeah, actually I probably drove down your, like, so little tiny things that allow me to connect with those people to gain that confidence. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the day, you have to deliver. So as much, you know, some people say you bullshitted them. No, I'm actually telling them the truth, but I still have to deliver at the end of the day. And that's where the hard work actually pays off. So you actually have to deliver, so. Yeah, that you talked about being that expert. When I started my first farm, we got our hands on um, the builder plans from the one builder. They, they did probably about sixty percent of the build in this subdivision, and so um, more than half of them were uh, these builders. And the, at the time, the subdivision was about fifteen years old. And we'd show up with a listing appointment, and we'd we'd already know the model. We said, "Oh yeah, you guys have an empire model. You've got your fourteen hundred and thirty-two square feet. You've got the oh, you have the elevation C." And they were just blown away. And it's like. Wow. All yeah. we had to do was we had the builder plans and it, yep. that just created that instant credibility. They, they could trust us right off the bat and they knew, Oh, they know more than I do. And they know more than most people do. So yeah, that, that creating that, that credibility helps and that confidence really makes a big difference. And it's not much more work for you. What you did yeah. wasn't extremely you know, exhausting to do. It's yeah. you just took that extra little step. Yep. So I have the original from 1952 for this area. I have the builder's newspaper cutout. <laughs> That's awesome. I show my clients. I'm like, yeah, your house was $15,000 in 1952. <laughs> and the sales home was right. There. Oh my God. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's just that little stuff, right? Yep. Uh, and it's all about standing out and, and being memorable enough, but also creating that confidence and credibility. So I want to leave there saying, yeah, this guy is the best choice. And if, and if I'm not the best choice, it's not their fault. It's yeah. my fault. It's 100%. what do I need to do better? And that's, I think that's, that's huge for growth in any industry, but especially in real estate, it's not always blaming all oh, the seller, the seller, the seller. No, what could I have done different? What did I, what objection did I handle up front? What didn't I, what message did I not get across during my listing appointment and what can I do to be better? Yeah, exactly. So I want to talk about the, the calling itself because yeah. I know the listeners are probably sitting there. Some of them are probably sick to their stomach even thinking about it. <laughs> As someone who's trying to get started and maybe thinking about doing calling, what kind of advice would you give someone who's just saying, okay, maybe phone calling is the right thing for me? 
So the very first thing, again, is the knowledge base is to know the area. So if you're going to start calling an area, uh, any city, whatever it happens to be, you've got to know what recent sales are happened and you've got to know what's for sale. The last thing you want to call is somebody in their next door neighbor's house is for sale and you didn't know that. Right. Or the house across the street just sold like, like, so you have to be able to understand that. So if it takes you an hour just to research the area, know what sold in the last two, three months, understand what the price is, understand the different layouts and houses and, and, and characteristics of the neighborhood or houses, that's the very first step. Yeah. The second step is to be working out everything in your mind. Like, so for me, uh, practicing your scripts was huge when I first started. So I would role play with people from, you know, Florida, Texas, Boston, all across Vancouver. I would be talking to everybody uh, and role play. So I'd role play for 10, 15 minutes in the morning with everybody with a, a few people throughout the, the week and then heading on to my appointments, uh, heading on to my calling sessions. So that is the second thing I would tell people is to hone your craft. I've always and always continue to say honing your craft, doing well, and that is is most important thing that got me the confidence to go on the phone. So by me, you know, calling you in the morning, Ryan, for 15 minutes and just going over a, a simple script is huge. Now, for me, I tell people in my head, it's like a family tree. I have all these different things. I know what the answer is, no matter what you say. So if you tell me no, I know my rebuttal, I know my objection. If you say yes, I know where to, so I'm, always controlling the conversation to a certain extent. I know what to say next. You'll never surprise me. Um, and that's the biggest thing for a lot of people is that they're surprised by an answer. So if you say something, I go, uh, I'm dead in the water. I need to know, I need to have a response. So by practicing those responses is huge. And it's not like you need a, a Rolodex of these. It's the same objections that you're going to handle almost all the time. So being able to handle those objections and know already what to say by role playing is, is huge. Having a script as much as people are going to say, I don't want to sound like a robot is the most paramount thing to have. I have a script. You can hear me when I, on my Facebook page, cold calling live. I say the exact same thing to everybody, but yet I somehow connect to certain people and I'm connecting and it doesn't sound like a robot. I know what avenue to bring people down. I know what questions to ask and that's the biggest thing. What questions to ask and how to handle each objection. So, and those would be the biggest two takeaways. Internalizing is the key to that and, and knowing it, knowing what to say, not just regurgitating it and understanding that it is a flow of conversation is mm -hmm. critical. And I think that a lot of people think, well, I'm gonna sound bad and sound terrible. Well, if you don't have a script and you say the wrong things, you sound more worse than having the right script said right than yeah. just choking and not knowing what to say, not having answers for what people are asking you. Yeah. And having the script doesn't necessarily mean that I need to follow this. Having a script means if Ryan says, um, I haven't really thought about it. My script would be, I, I, and, and again, like you said, internalizing, I heard Ryan go, um, there is a hesitation there. So what do I need to ask to kind of delve into that question a little bit or to pull a little more from Ryan? So um, I haven't thought about that yet. Oh, okay, Ryan. Well, I would go into, well, if you did sell, Ryan, where, where would you consider moving to? And then that question is almost an open-ended question where you're going to just open up to me. Well, you know, Mike, I really hate the area. I'm looking to move downtown. I'm looking to move to a condo. Boom. Now I've kind of, I'm, go, I'm honing in on that motivation. Why is that person wants to move? I, once I have that information, once I know why the guy wants to move, when he's planning to make this move, now I just have to convince him or show him that I'm the most competent person for the job. And then game, set, match. And it's funny because a lot of agents will say that 
oh, it doesn't work. Cold calling doesn't work. And it does work because agents do it. So it's not that those people are calling different people or they happen to get lucky and call the people that wanted to hear them. It's, it's consistency. It's doing it repetitively or continually on the regular basis with the right scripts, with the right approach. And like you said, the, the mindset has to be there. And if you don't have the right mindset, it's going to be a, a tough 100%. uphill battle. hundred percent. I always tell people, a lot of people say, Oh, well, how do you do? I said, I prepare myself. I'm looking forward to getting 99 no's. When I call, I want to get 99 no's. Cause I know if I get 99 no's, that means my next one is a yes. And that's how the mindset works. I'm not looking for the yes. I'm looking to get all rack up my nose answers of no. So I, yep. I know that I'm going to be close to that next. Yes. Um, and that, that's the biggest thing. I mean, if, if you don't have thick enough skin in this business to be told no or being rejected enough, yeah, it hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt sometimes losing the listing hurts, <laughs> but you know, you got to keep on ro- rolling, moving forward, rolling and, and, and on to the next. Right. So. So you mentioned the one in a hundred. Can you share kind of what your numbers are? I'm sure you track them. What does it look like for you yeah. to how many calls, how many people you need to speak with and how many deals do that translate into? Perfect. So yeah. So I, cause I use Mojo, I'm, you know, I know my numbers now. I don't really need to track them, but you know, before I would track them in immensely and, yeah. and very closely hundred phone calls, I'll get about 17 to 20% contact rate. Okay. So out of a hundred people, I'll talk to about 17 to 20 people. Um, it's changed over the time, which is funny, but about four years ago, I would be getting about 25% uh, of those as appointments. Okay. So out of 20 people, I get about four to five people that I would wow. be able to get listing appointments from. Um, now more so it's more about nurturing the lead. I'm yeah. finding it's not, you're not getting the yes on the phone. It's someone who might be interested, willing to give you an email. And then that's where your, you know, your CRM takes over and your, your follow-up is huge. And that's, you know, again, I, I preach about how much follow-up is important. That's where actually the money is nowadays. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's, that's, that's how I've been doing it. But yeah, so I got a 25, I got a 20% contact ratio. It's been a little bit lower lately, 17, 16, anywhere from 16 to 20% contact rate out of those. Now I'm getting, uh, out of the 20%, 20 people, I'm getting a good three to four that I'm able to add them to my database. So now I'm focused on adding people to my database where I can share with them relevant information. Yeah. So for me, I'm sending them souls of the area. I'm sending them, putting them on my, you know, video, um, newsletter, monthly newsletter about market shares and stuff like that. Um, that's where I'm finding that's paying off in the long run yeah. by that follow-up system. And I think my observation has been, at least in my own business, is that when you're doing calling or door knocking or any strategy, you're going to kind of skim the top with the, get the, the cream of the crop initial, the people that would, are willing to talk to you, willing to engage, that would be right candidates to, to want to work with you right away. Then you've taken that away. And if you're calling and working in the same area, now you've got the next layer, which may not be as ready or as engaged with you. So you got to have another layer of your business, that next level of follow-up creating some systems to, to stay in touch with them because there's still money in that and there's still business in yeah. there. It's just yeah. may not be that instant right now business. And then hopefully you can go another layer and then you've got a couple layers of people at different stages. And then in the long run, you've got a solid business. But if you just go for that first skin, you can't go for the home run. You can't go for the home run swing right off the bat. It, 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 you know, I'm, I'm finding, yeah, maybe four or five years ago, that was possible. Right. I'm finding now uh, very rarely do I get a home run swing off the bat. I mean, I just picked, I just signed up a listing on Friday from a, a, a guy that I called, a lead I called 906 days ago. It's crazy. Almost 2018, I called this person up, talked to them, been keeping in contact with them, literally signed a listing on Friday. So, 
yeah, do I want to wait, you know, two, three years for a listing? Definitely not. But yeah. if, you know, I'm leveraging a system that's able to follow up with them. Yeah. Um, and obviously it is working to a certain degree. And I'm not saying I get them all. I, I literally was on the computer the other night and, you know, last month someone listed that was in my system and they never called me. They listed with somebody else. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. But the other thing I find too, is that sometimes agents will get hung up and myself included where you lose the listing and you see that they listed with someone else and then we give up and you go, ah, screw it. Ah. But if you're diligent and you're persistent, I always put in a check-in. So like I'll, I'll check in in a month. So if I see that I, I didn't get the listing, they list with someone else, I'll do a check-in. And last year, or no, two years ago, I ended up getting two listings that I had stayed in contact with because I just watched them and stayed in touch with them. And had I just deleted them out of the system and not followed up with them, I would have, uh, would have lost that. And yesterday I was making some calls and there was a lady from she was 1162 days in my database oh, wow. and I spoke with her. I spoke with her in January and she said, she's not moving till the fall. And then I called her setting up a follow-up call and she said, Oh, we actually bought in uh, a month ago because of COVID things changed. So now that was on me. I didn't stay in touch with her in that, in that time frame. However, I sort of guilted her and I said, I said, Oh wow. I said, that's too bad. I said, well, it's congratulations on the sale. I said, but I mean, ah, we've been talking for like, I said, Oh, look, 1162 days. And she's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. She's like, you know what? We're actually going to be buying another house next year. So why don't we do this? I'm moving up and I'm buying a detached house next year. We're having a baby. So why don't let's stay in touch and you can help me with that. So had I given up and just said, she said, Oh, I bought and hung up the phone. I potentially could have lost that. No, it doesn't mean I'm going to get that deal either, but it's the consistency and, and staying with it. Yeah, it's you know, said a never never giving up attitude, follow up and and see, right? But yeah. I can tell you from experience that I've uh, it's it's not all freaking you know ice cream and rainbows. <laughs> you, know, you, you lose stuff like, yeah. I, and I'm pissed off about that one because I talked to them. They wanted to move the bolt in. They're looking to sell. They get they opened up my emails, but they listed with somebody who sold the house across the street. And I guess they canvas the area, and that agent did a great job. He got that listing, and because he sold that one, he got another one across the street. So I lost it. Could I do anything better? Yeah, I need to be a little more diligent. I need to be a little bit more uh, focused on the details of that, but you lose them. And I look at it this way. I'm sure I take listings from other people that thought they had them as well. Yeah. So it's a give and take. At the end of the day, I'm just looking to be the best that I can and to offer the best possible service for our client. And that's really what every, all of us, we should be focused on is, is providing the best service for somebody. If I can't provide the best service, I need to do whatever I can to make sure that I can provide the best service. So, so are you finding now then, because I find less and less agents are cold calling. Are you finding there's more opportunities for you because people aren't doing that? Or I know some agents are saying, Oh, it's, it's dead. It's not working. No one's having home phones and stuff. So like what, where do you see the future going as far as calls? Well, so door knocking is, out of the window right now. Yeah. So that, you know, so for people who always been, you know, focused on the door knocking and stuff like that, that's totally gone. So will those people, you know, then fall back on call, on calling? I would imagine. So yeah. it's funny because I call my farmer and I, I'm told, uh, on, on numerous occasions that, you know, you're the fifth person that's called me. I, I get calls all the time. I'm like, Oh shit. So there, there are other people out there doing yeah. that. Right. So in, and it gets, it comes down to mindset. Do I get discouraged? Yeah, maybe for a split second, but then it's like, okay, I got competition. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's giddy up. Let's go. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring it up to the next level. I gotta do, I gotta be different. I gotta do something different. And I'll get phone calls where, you know what? You're the fifth person that's called me. 
and they'll talk to me for half an hour and I'll get their email address. And you know what? I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know why I gave you my email and all this other <laughs> stuff, but I feel I'm like, yeah, you know, and so again, those four other people that called, I know, I know truly deep down in my heart that I'm better than them on the phone. And it's not, yeah. I'm better than them. I just, I got, I, I feel I've honed my skills a little bit more so than them. So, yeah. uh, and I want to continue to keep on doing that. I don't want to ever be complacent in that aspect. So. And my friend Steve said, when you've, when you say you've arrived, you've lost and that's agents will do that. They like, Oh, I'm, I'm the best. I'm good. I don't need anything else. It's like, no, you gotta be constantly. Cause there's going to be someone out who will out hustle you, who will out learn you, who will out script you, who will out beat you in, no matter what. And that's why I have that, you know, that Facebook group prospecting ninjas. That's why I, you know, I'm always telling people if you ever need any advice or you want to talk or stuff like that, it keeps me sharp and selfishly yeah. that keeps me accountable by me going live on my calls is keeping me accountable. Shit. There's a camera on me. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta be saying the right, sh I gotta be saying the right stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, as much as I do it to help other people, I'm also selfishly doing it for myself to keep me on my game, which is part of why I created the show. So for my own self, I can learn learn are the people what they're doing in their farms what it's yep. working for them what's not working for them and then up my game so i want to ask you because i get this question a lot where people will say doesn't matter what if it's cold calling door knocking whatever what am i actually saying what do i actually offer especially if you're doing the same area on mm -hmm. a regular basis they'll people will say i don't know what to say like are you moving and they say no so what what's a good script or what's a good approach so, or what what kind of value are you offering yeah. So my whole, I would say 30 second conversation with people is I always say, if I, if I hear a, a man or a woman on the phone, it's always Mr. or Mrs. Yep. So is Miss, Mr. Smith there? You answer the phone. Yeah. Mr. Smith. Hey, Mr. Smith, it's Mike Sam of the realtor calling. I'm just calling to see if you've considered selling the home anytime soon. Like literally straight to the point. Yeah. Think about your phone call when somebody calls, hi, yeah, da, 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 and they start to go off, <laughs> you know, they're, they, they shut you down already. Yeah. And I ask that question right away. I try to connect with the person by their name. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Just wondering if you look, uh, plan on selling the house on hollow anytime sooner, the house on whatever. I give them the address. So subconsciously by me using their name and say, Mr. And Mrs. It's respectful, but you know, they connect somehow. Oh, this person must know me. Yeah. And then by using their address, it makes them feel, oh, you know, my house. And then I asked the question and I literally just listen. Is there a pause? No way in hell am I selling. Nope. Thank you very much. On to the next one. Yeah. I'm not leaving this house until you take me feet first in a box. Okay. Yep. Um, that's not the person for me. Um, ooh, okay. Um, you're thinking about it. You know, well, did you plan on, and I, I asked the question again for a second time, just differently. You know, did you, did you plan on selling maybe later this year or next year? I'm not looking to sell right now. Oh, did you plan on selling later this year or maybe sometime next year? Well, oh, okay. Now we're having a conversation. Yeah. Now we're talking. So now I can listen to them, hear what they have to say, hear their thoughts. I can give my opinion on the market, what's happening, maybe a little bit of advice. When might be a good time? You know what? I'd love to keep you updated on the neighborhood. Um, I have this, you know, cool little app on my website that allows you to see the souls when they come out. So you'll get emailed of when something sells as well as when a listing gets posted up, you'll be able to see the pictures, the price, all that stuff. And you know, you can unsubscribe at any time. So would it be possible to get your email? Yeah. You know what? That's fine. Perfect. Now I just got someone's data and put them in my database. And that having that value, having that item to offer someone makes a difference because if you're not that, if you're, I mean, obviously if you can get the now business is great, but when you have that item of value, when you have something that you can share with them, an agent will feel more confident knowing that, Hey, I've got something that they may probably want. And 
they may not be selling, but I can still follow up with them. I have a reason to stay in touch with them and, and provide value to them. And that and helps. The biggest thing, what you said, Ryan, is that you're giving them something of value. Yeah. So, you know, people don't want a recipe of cookies. They want to see when <laughs> exactly. their neighbor's house sells and what it yeah. sold for. Holy shit, that sold for 860 or John has it listed. I just got the email from Mike. Thanks, Mike. I'll get emails all the time. Oh my God, I can't believe they listed for that. I have no fucking idea what they're talking about. I have no <laughs> clue. But my system automatically sent it to them like, oh shit, okay, I got the, a new listing went up in their area. So yeah. now I understand where that came from. Yeah. That's powerful. But people, you know, we are so focused as agents, as ego. And as soon as you try to remove some of that ego and say, listen, I need to give you what you, what do you want to hear? Yeah. You don't want to see me singing and dancing in a camera. You want to see what that house sold for. That's yeah. value to you as a, as a seller. Yeah. So let me give that to you. I'll give that to you. And then you'll see that value. And then, you know, now I'm the expert. Now people see it all the time. I love the listings. I, you know, you send them all the time, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And that's where I find it, it becomes hugely impactful. So how many homes are in the area that you're focusing on and how often are you calling them? So the area that I have, I have just, it's just over 5,000 homes uh, I mail out to uh, on every three weeks to a monthly base. Um, and I call, I'll call, depends on what it is. I call, you know, uh, an hour to two hours, maybe three times a week now. Okay. Um, I primarily work from nine till three, four in the afternoon. I don't work past that. If I have to do a listing appointment, then that'll be in the evening. If I have buyers, then that will change things a bit. For the most part, I do list a lot more so than I than I um, I'm on the buying end. Um, but it's been like that for me for the longest time. I hardly work any weekends. I, when I started, my wife uh, worked a corporate uh, a corporate job, so my kids were in daycare. My wife didn't get home till six, so I had to pick the kids up either from school or for daycare. So I had to tailor my schedule in the real estate around my children. Yeah. Um, and it's given me the flexibility, or you know, it's empowered me to say I can create my own schedule. Yeah. I hate it when agents say, "Oh, I don't have time. I can't." Like, no, man, you can create whatever you want. Don't get me wrong. If someone wants to list their house and they want to meet me at 7.30 at night, yeah, I'm calling my wife. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be home for bedtime or whatever. I'm going to yeah. go off to a listing appointment. But for the most part, um, if you can put in an honest day's work in real estate between 9 and 3, you've done more work than 90% of the agents out there. And going back to that, when you're focusing on that area, you start being in more control of your business because you know you're reducing half the objections. So you know, you can get more predictable business. You know that when you walk in there, you have a higher chance of getting it versus if you're trying to go at business anywhere and anywhere. And however, it's going to control your life more than you controlling it. Yeah. It's That's almost like, it's almost like when you're taking the buyer out, I tell my buyers all the time, okay, well, I want to buy a condo. Okay. Well, where, well, this area, this area, this area. I said, listen, let's focus on a small little area first. If I can't find you a place in this area, then we'll start to branch out. But if I send you, you know, Liberty Village and Vaughn and, you know, this and that and that, you're going to be way overwhelmed. And it's the same concept for us. Uh, we don't want to lose business. And I'm, yeah, I'll take a listing downtown. I'll take a listing in Vaughn. But to focus on an area where you can be known as the expert, then that's hugely important. So. Yeah. So let's talk about then your prospecting ninjas group. Cause I want to, yeah. if, if you're happy to chat and share about yeah, that, definitely. cause I think it's a great option opportunity for people to check out if they're, so tell us kind of what it is and why you started it and how people can check it out. Yeah. So basically it's a Facebook group for base. I, I have a lot of people from not in the, not in real estate. Uh, so any sales, um, I have a couple mortgage brokers in there. I have a guy who runs a team for a funeral home. Uh, they call and do final arrangements. I've gone out uh, and I'd spoken to some of his team about sales and, and closing deals and stuff like that. So it's just a place uh, 
you know, to, to share ideas as far as, as sales calls, objections, cold calling. I record, um, you know, at least once or twice a week, um, my live prospecting. Um, the whole idea is to try to get somebody on the phone to, you know, hear my, how I'm talking to somebody and just empower people to say, listen, it's not as difficult as you think it is. Yeah. Um, it does take practice just like with anything else. And, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. it that, that's really what it comes down to. And just helping other people. I, I, I truly believe there's enough business out there for everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't feel anybody's going to steal my business in that sense. And I just want to help other people to, you know, if this is truly um, an industry that they want to thrive in, then yeah, I'm here to give a little bit of advice or lend a helping hand. So it's just a forum for people to, to post stuff. I've got, uh, you know, some, there's some coaches in there that post some of their stuff in there. Um, but yeah, just a, a little forum or community for people to kind of come together and uh, awesome. maybe uh, help each other out. So yeah, we'll put that in the, in the description below as well. So people can check that out. And then you also have a uh, podcast. So take a second yeah, to with that as well. I do a podcast. So with my uh, good buddy, Stuart St. Clair, he's uh, at my, at my brokerage. He's actually at the Bolton office. Um, we decided that uh, let's do a podcast. We had this really cool chemistry. Um, I'm the more flamboyant, loudmouth <laughs> guy, and he's the more reserved and you know well thought out person. So we decided to do a podcast. We recorded, uh, I think we've got about 10, 11 podcasts so far. The first nine or 10 were you know 15 minutes uh, podcast just to kind of you know didn't go want to go too long on topics. Um, but we just did one last week. So so my mortgage broker uh, that I refer a lot of my clients to is Joe Ferrer and he used to be the face of the UFC Canada. Yes. So he would be on Sportsnet doing all of UFC. So we had him in talking about mortgages and then um, talking about, you know, the whole fight scene back in the day, George St. Pierre, all those guys, some, some stories and stuff like that. So we dive into, you know, our life as realtors and, and some challenges that we have, you know, some sales stuff. So just kind of a funny off the cuff thing. And uh, yeah, we hope to make it entertaining. That's it. Awesome. So it's called the, uh, the, the Stu and Mike show. Awesome. So we'll put that in the link as well. So people can check that out. And then I want to wrap up with, I've been trying to get people to share a tactic or a takeaway that people can actually go out and do. So what would be your best advice or best tactic that if someone was thinking of doing phone calling or in, in a farm, what would you suggest? Just do it. <laughs> Just pick up the phone and do it. So I have so many people that will come up to me. I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, just, you don't need to wait for your scripts to be perfect. You don't need for the wait to save up for a dialer. You don't need any of that. Stop making excuses. Just, you know, pick up the yellow pages. If you have to go through, you know, make sure it's on a do the call list and just dial old school way, create conversations and just create relationships with people. Um, just if you do it from a place where you're truly trying to help somebody, everything else falls into place. Yeah. It, it changes your attitude and they can smell it on the other end of it when 100%. they know that. Yeah. The, the, the whole dynamic changes, you know, that commission breath is gone. And it's like, yeah. literally, I want to, and I tell people this all the time. I want to go to bed, put my head on the pillow with a clear conscience. Yeah. I want to say like, I, I fought every, tooth and nail to get this guy every penny out of this house or I did what I believe was right for this person. Uh, and that's pretty much it. So, and for me, that's why I'm such a firm believer in farming and that it gives you more opportunities to provide value and feel good about it. Instead of just selling a house in one neighborhood, there's no residual help or residual difference in the, in the community versus yeah. if you really focus on that area, you can help, you can drive prices up in the area. You can help buyers that didn't have a chance to find a house because you found something off market. You can connect with the local businesses and it really helps create that value add to the community. And then it makes you more committed and more comfortable with doing the calls. Cause you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm here doing a service and yep. then they they want what I have and I'm helping the community. 
and I have an unfair advantage being farming an area because, you know, I've sold uh, quite a few homes off market, not yep. on MLS. Yep. So that a huge advantage that me is when I go into a listing appointments that I can, I, again, I know a little bit more than what they know. Yep. Yeah. You know, that house over there is sold. What? Yeah. I didn't see a sign. Yeah, exactly. I sold it all. You know, I didn't even go to MLS or I did this or I did that. So yeah, it's farming is very powerful. It is something that is, is exactly what it sounds like. You have to plant the seed and you have to wait for that seed to grow. Whether you want to use the you know, bamboo analogy or whatever you want to do, but it's not something that you know, just happens. It's you know, flyering takes you know, eight to 16 months just to get some type of something to happen. You know, me calling this area that I am calling for the last eight years, Still, I, do I have the traction I'd like to have? No, but I definitely get a lot more. I literally, just before this, got a phone call from someone who got my flyer. I have a listing appointment tomorrow. Nice. So that's what farming does for you. You know, you want your phone to ring, then planting those seeds, yeah. you know, day after day, year after year, that's when you start to get some phone calls. That's the key is sticking with it. And I've said it many, 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 many times that agents give up before they start seeing the results. They give up in three to six months and then they go, oh, it's not what I want. It's not what I expected. And you're literally at that breaking through point and yep. you can just start getting the, the business happening and they give up. So yeah, yeah, just do it and stick with it. My advice is always to stick with it because <laughs> it'll pay off. So there you go. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show and uh, we'll definitely get people to check out uh, your podcast and your group as well. And if they have any questions, we'll put your information in the, in the links below as well. Thank you for having me on. It was, uh, it's been a blast. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you'd like more videos like this, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Facebook page and our other social media channels. Looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming. <music>